From the heart of the Motor City, it's the Mitch Album Show with Mitch Album and Ken Brown. Sitting in for Mitch, Mike Parsons and Sean Belegian. Well, it is a pleasure to be with you. Hi, yeah, all right. 506. They like you, Sean. Well, you know, Mike, you and I were talking about this. We are having um, some deja vu flashbacks to, like, the summer of 2019, where I, I used to be in a lot with you and Blake and Laura and, uh, boy, what's been happening in the last four years? Anything happened? I don't know. I thought you got in trouble for something. I've been asking around, what does Sean do? Where'd he go? Where's he been banished? <laughs> So it's good to see you live and well. Yes, it is. That's it a is. big load off my mind. Yeah, and uh, we have so much to talk to uh, uh, talk about. Obviously, uh, this debt ceiling, uh, the first and foremost, uh, the house, in case you missed it. This is a very exciting update, by the way. They have passed the rule governing floor debate for the debt oh. ceiling bill. So and, as, you, as you pointed out. They, they took a vote. To take a vote later on. And that's good. It, it, that's, that's good. I, I mean, could we maybe cut the cut the debt, you know, for, for, for these Congress people uh, to maybe stop taking so many votes? Like, they're, they're, there's like three votes to take a vote. Maybe we can cut their pay a little bit and they can just focus on maybe, you know, just voting on what they're supposed to vote on. Isn't it amazing? So I, I'm sure people out there, you guys have, have seen these kind of numbers. They had... The rolling tote of the debt in this country, which is, as we know, $31 trillion. It was more than, it, it was what comes after trillion, which I don't know. We were literally, I'm not, all right, let's there, ask them. Let, Blake, Blake is here. Hi, Blake. Hello. Owen, Owen is here as well. Hello, Owen. What comes after trillion? I had to Google it. Gazillion? Uh, that's a good guess. That's a darn good but guess. But no. Uh, winner gets to uh, finish hosting the show because they're obviously the smartest one in the room. What about you, Owen? Do you know what comes after what a comes trillion? What comes after a trillion? Gazillion. Close. I well, thought could, it was. Could you say that five times in a row? Because there's no possible way you're going to say that the same way. Gazillion. tight. I thought he sneezed. Uh, I had to Google it. Quadrillion. And this is the, the expert analysis that you get here on the Great Voice of the Great Lakes when we're filling in on the Mitch Album Show. Seriously, have you ever, I'm not being funny, all right? Have you ever heard of quadrillion? No, but it does make sense because billion, Quad? buy, yeah. trillion, try, qua- now I get it. That yeah. makes sense. Owen, you're at Michigan State. You're right. about to be a senior. Yep. Go green. Uh-huh. Go white. Have you ever heard of quadrillion? No, I have not. Okay. I mean, we're, we're, watching, we're watching the screen, and there's, like, two numbers to the left of trillion. And I said, Sean, I don't know what comes after trillion. It is. So they also had this rolling tote that, that right now um, the debt to the American citizen, to each American citizen, is at $95,000. To every tax-paying citizen, it was like, was it two thirty? I don't know. It was, it was two something. All I know is I That's need to start. Right I need to start DoorDashing more to pay down this debt. It sounds like my student loans. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, uh, the tally this afternoon, by the way, the vote to take a vote was two forty one to one eighty seven. Twenty nine Republicans voted no. Fifty two Democrats voted yes. And uh, I, I think one of the stories that I was reading said the GOP defections exposed deep divisions within 
the House Republican Conference. No. Wait a second. The Republican Party's divided? Well, so the Republican Party used to be divided like the like the Democrat Party is right now. You, you got like the moderates and then you got like the, the fringe groups like your like the squad. And that's kind of how it used to be on the right. You had your, your moderates, um, your, your never Trumpers, so to speak. And then you had your pro Trumpers. Now there's division amongst the Trumpers as well. And so now instead of just kind of having two factions, one moderate and traditional, uh, the other one, you know, kind of fringe, now you've got moderate and traditional, and then you've got the fractured fringe, which is like two or two or three more factions than, than there were before. You know, I, I am a big fan of Nolan Finley. I have been a big fan of Nolan Finley for a while. He has been spot on about this and you could be one of those republicans right now that you don't uh you you don't like nolan's take i don't care if you like it or not it's inconsequential the reality is this is a divided party not just in this state but nationwide it is it is absolutely amazing how divided it is well you see what's going on in michigan i mean you know, Michigan was like the 49 other states where Democrats just ate Republicans lunch in, in 2022 minus Florida. And, um, you know, we had we had three candidates on the top of the Republican ticket who were a, a bit out there and uh, they got swept. And then what does the Michigan Republican Party do? They put one of them in charge. And now um, here in, in Michigan, you've got the faction of that Republican Party, and then you have the donor class of the Republican Party not wanting to to, to fundraise. So they're they're cannibalizing themselves to an extent. It is it is remarkable. There's no doubt about that. And it, certainly we want to get into that a little bit later on. But wanted to talk a little bit about this debt sailing. And I, I brought up to you, Mike, this reminds me of uh, Sean Belegian in his late 20s. <laughs> Sean Belegian in his late 20s was all gung-ho to pay off his college debt. That's funny. Mike Parsons in his late 20s was all, all gung-ho uh, to rack up debt. Well, it, in the process of being gung-ho to pay off my school debt, I happened to really roll up some credit card debt. Right. Not knowing that the devil was in the details and not being savvy enough and, and living life to realize, oh, my gosh, these interest rates destroy you. And so on one hand, I was happy that I paid my, my debts off and hooray, I'm done with my school. And then on the other hand, the next thing I knew, I was $20,000 in the hole to a credit card company. Right. So you racked up more debt paying down a different type of debt. And boy, doesn't it seem like our government right now is a silly kid that doesn't know economics 101? It really seems that way. It does, and also these numbers seem made up. Like, you can't even fathom these numbers, and and who's coming to collect this debt? I mean, we owe money to China. China owes money to us. We owe money to the rest of the world. Can't, can't all these countries just get together and say, hey, man, we're square. Let's, let, let's reset it. Yeah. Now, love to get your thoughts on this because this this is something that uh, this isn't going to fix the problem and and the divides. I, I think what's interesting about this vote tonight is the one thing that people are united in is 
their lack of support for this on both sides. There are many Democrats that don't yeah. support this. There are many Republicans well, that don't support this. And for it, different reasons, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got to give credit to Marie Osborne. Yesterday, she she said she feels like this is a lot of theater. I agree. There's there's no way this doesn't get passed, right? I think it does. Right. I, I think it does. Because, yeah, you, you've got you've got people on the far left who hate this. You have people on the far right who hate this. People in the middle aren't crazy about it. But for the majority, this doesn't. These, these Congress people, they don't want to go down in history as the as as the congressional members who let us go into default. So I think what we're going to see is a lot of hot takes and a lot of a lot of sound bites. But like, I can't even fathom this thing not passing. I I, I don't know. For me, and, I, and this is where we'd love to get your thoughts. Eight hundred eight five nine zero WJR. He's Mike Parsons. I'm Sean Belegian. I really, we have to get spending under control some way, somehow. Well, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to finish. But some way, somehow, we have to get this uh, spending under control. Love to get your thoughts. 800-859-0WJR. He's Mike Parsons. I'm Sean Belegian. We're sitting in for Mitch Album on 760 WJR. So, you know, Sean, there's a lot of... Um, <sighs> I, really contradictory stuff in the, in this uh, new debt limit deal. Like, um, it, it keeps spending flat for the next two years, but also it takes the cap off of, of borrowing. So, what? And then there, there's something we haven't really got gotten to yet, and that's, that's student loans. And in this bill, um, the student loan freeze ends in August. The problem is the Supreme Court is going to be ruling on on the student loan freeze or student loan forgiveness in June. So it may be a moot point by then. But I think what's happening is that, you know, the Republicans are I, I think they want to be able to say that if the Supreme Court upholds the debt for student debt forgiveness. And I don't think they will. They're 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 a conservative Supreme Court. I think I think they'll reimpose student loans. But if they do uphold Biden's student loan forgiveness, I think they want to say, hey, it wasn't us. We put it in the we put it in the spending bill that we wanted uh, people to uh, resume their student loan payments and the uh, Supreme Court uh, undercut us. I mean, it, it seems like something they didn't need to spend time on because another branch of government government um, is already addressing it. Well, that's what's so fascinating about this. And 800-859-0WJR, that's a number. We'll get to your calls in a, in a moment. That's what's so fascinating about this. This is this is not a, a situation where we're going to look. Whew, the the budget is uh, the balance budget is is now in play. That's not a situation. And Mike, it was funny because I, I'm sure we've all seen different numbers like this. How they came to this? Don't shoot the messenger. But in in reading up on this, in particular the point that you just brought up, it said that the freeze on um, the student loans is is costing us about five billion with a b billion a month could since be the worse. freeze was placed in could be quadrillion quadrillion <laughs> absolutely 800-8590 wjr that is the number this is what people are talking about the vote is tonight i'm with you for the for the record i think it passes yeah think is going to be a key and operative word here i think it passes now what that might do for kevin mccarthy moving forward that seems to be a different story let's head to rochester uh, Dave is up first. Uh, Dave, appreciate your patience, sir. You're on 760 WJR. Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, uh, this is a big overblown problem. Yeah, we got 76,000 deaths 
per individual, but that's a fraction of wealth per individual. So and you put this in perspective, the balance sheet, the conventional measure is debt as a percent of GDP, net debt, not the one with the paper IOUs. So it's 93% falling the last nine quarters. It, wealth has been going up. On a proportionate basis, the interest, the interest on it is, is far less than what it was 95 on the percent of GDP. And the, the 1.9 trillion spending back in early 2021 by uh, Biden and the Dems was unbelievably successful in driving the relative debt way down the revenues went way up. The GDP was up. The consumption spending was way up. It did, contrary to people laughing at it, it absolutely paid for itself. Well, Dave sounds like a guy who knows, knows what comes after trillion without uh, Googling it. <laughs> well, you know, the one thing that, that I will say, and, and Dave, thank you for the phone call, as always, here on 760 WJR. There is going to be a pinch out of this. You You've seen... A lot of people say that. I know one of the things I was reading the WAPO today, and the WAPO said the rock-solid job market is likely to soften a, a little bit. And uh, But the overall, it doesn't seem like the plan would be a big drag in the economy. A lot of people, and Mike, I don't know if you felt this pinch. For me, it isn't so much the gas. It, it is groceries. My, my grocery bill, it is amazing. I... I'm a creature of habit. I do mm-hmm. all the grocery shopping in my family. That should surprise nobody. But, I, like, it is amazing what I was paying a year ago to what I pay today for, in essence, what is the same bill. A lot of those things are, you know, well, I th- with inflation is is really starting to get some people. Well, I think it's food costs overall because uh, I'm not a big grocery shopper. My wife and I are a couple of dinks, double, double income, no kids. And uh, but even going to a greasy spoon, you know, like uh, I'm not going to mention names, but, you know, we've got some great local greasy spoons around here. Just be able to have, you know, pay for a dinner of two for people uh, for like less than 30 bucks. Now it's over 40. Yeah. And we were kind of talking about this yesterday, um, you know, with the the shortage of uh, a lot of cancer drugs and and, you know, even on a more trivial level, there was a, a, a graph on Axios talking about how much everything costs more now for your Memorial Day barbecue. And, like, why why does it seem like there's always a shortage of something or, you know, something has has skyrocketed up in price? It didn't seem to be that way before COVID. So I don't know if, you know, our, our, our supply chain is still recovering, but it's it's just a domino effect. Hold that thought for a second. Will's been hanging on patiently. I want to get to Will, but I, I, I'm i living proof of that. Will, thanks for your patience. Thanks for calling in. 800-859-0WJR. Mitch Album Show on 760 WJR. How are you guys doing? Great, Will. What's on your mind? This this is what I'm thinking. These guys are going to want some praise like they, they saved the country. And <laughs> congratulations. They're our heroes and the same bozos that got us into this mess. They're so egomaniacs that... They're going to, you know, want us to look at them as like, thank you, you know, heroes. Right. You did a great job. You know, Will, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like at this point we're numb to this. It seems like every few years, if it's the debt ceiling or if it's a government shutdown because they can't they can't pass a budget, there's, you know, there's always this sort of this panic and intrigue. Oh, will they raise the debt ceiling in time? Will they pass a, a fiscal budget in time? Or are, are things going to hit the fan and shut down? And I think that 
I, I think that we've been through it so much in the past decade. We're just like, oh, okay, wake me up. And, and we're also looking at these people in Congress like, why can't you guys finally get, get it together? Well, and, and what's interesting about that, and Will, thank you for the phone call. I think what's interesting about that, Mike, is, okay, why do we keep doing this? Because I agree. I mean, this is, this is the few. It's almost like I remember when, oh, no, there's saber rattling in North Korea, right? right? This is going back like 10, 12 years ago. My son was terrified. We were on the precipice of World War III and World War IV. And I explained to my son, okay, a few years from now, we'll hear it again, and we'll hear it again, and we'll hear it again. My question is, why why, why do we keep finding ourselves in this position? Right. I mean— Why can't we curtail it? You're, you're going to get—you know, you're going to get certain politicians— playing to their base and, and you know there there's going to be certain voters like yeah 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 don't give them an inch don't give them an inch let us go into uh you know let, let us go into for foreclosure or uh uh you know let let the debt ceiling come and go and let us default um and and the, but then the rest of us you know normal americans are just looking at like well, you guys have like one job do yeah, your job right right you know, you talked about um, supply chain issues. I, I kid you not. Uh, we were supposed to have our basement done the day that COVID started. Okay. So first it got delayed by that. Then the guy was kind enough to tell us lumber is exorbitant right now. Yep. I highly advise not doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Mike, they are starting my basement June 12th. I had a couple of shingles replaced on my roof after that last ice storm. And, uh, you know, my roofer says, you're going to need a new roof sooner rather than later. I said, yeah, do you do roofs? He's like, yeah, should have asked me three, three years ago. It would have cost you four, like three, $4,000 less. And I'm like, yeah, that's, right. That's the reality of it. All right, 800-859-0WJR. Lots of things going on. Obviously, we, we touched on it. We want to talk about, you know, the direction of the Republican Party. Uh, is this time for a third party? Uh, you keep hearing about it. I don't think people in mass have the stomach for it, for what it's worth. Uh, lots of things going on. Glad you could join us Wednesday evening here. He's Mike Parsons. I'm Sean Belegian. This is 760 WJR. All right, uh, Chris and DeWitt, you got about 45 seconds. Thanks for calling in 760 WJR. What's up, Chris? Well, I just want to mention that I think a lot of – I hear the word default thrown around an awful lot on this uh, as far as the debt ceiling, and I don't think that's the case. We're not going to clear bankruptcy and go into receivership we still have a lot of income sure. coming in every month, and I know the government takes a pretty big chunk out of my paycheck every week. <laughs> and and so I, I just think that we 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 got enough money coming in to handle all the interest on all of our debt. Um, we might have to cut back on some of the things like anyone would. You'd still pay your mortgage, you pay your utility bills, but hey, you might cut back on the Netflix and the, and the gym membership. And I think that's that's where a lot of people are at making decisions like that. I mean, there there's no doubt about that, Chris. We appreciate the phone call. Uh, Coming up after the news, uh, this is a special time for a lot of families out there. We'll tell you why. 760-WJR. This is Mitch Album with Ken Brown on 760-WJR, where Michigan comes to talk. Sitting in for Mitch, Mike Parsons and Sean Belegian. 535, Wednesday evening. Glad you could join us here, Mitch Album Show. 760 WJR. Hey, listen, before we move on, I hate leaving people on the line. John's been hanging on the line patiently. John, we want to give you the final word on all this debt ceiling conversation. Thanks for your patience, John. You're on 760 WJR. It has been rewarded. Thank you, Sean and, and, and Mike. You guys ought to have your own show, man. I mean, I'm in. You, you guys, I can't say nothing more. You ought to have your own time. That's kind. Thank you. But, 
okay, because I've talked to both of you a number of times, and Sean and I agree on so much, it's unreal, and people kind of don't agree with us. Yeah. But <laughs> I'd like to get to my point real quick. Okay. There's four time zones in America. If, if, they, if, they, if they get a third party, I hope it's the left to split the boat, because if it's the right I don't know how much going to happen. Never win. But never win. That's that's John. Win. That's the way win. it is. Nope. It'll never win. Yep. Right, and they, and they're going to set us up for a fall. But my, my let me get to it real quick. Is there's four time zones in America. If they want to do something for the taxpayer, I pay more taxes in one week than some people bring home. Give me my gross wages for a month. Everybody in the in the Eastern time zone or the Mountain or Pacific or the Midwestern time zone, give us our gross wages for a month. Let us put money into our house. Let us fill our cabinets full of food. Let us buy gasoline. Let us take a trip. If we got it, that would be like an instant 30 to 40% raise in pay. And just split the country up, and like I said, in each time zone, give us our gross wages for a month. And I'll tell you what, you talk about putting money back into the economy that's an easy way to do it, and it's not going to cost the government any of their money. It's good they're going to have to redistribute the money that they're getting. Hey, John. I think that's such an easy, easy fix. It's unreal. John, could you clarify the time zones? Is is that like just taking turns so that, like, there's no tax money coming in? Yeah. Well, like, there's Eastern time zone. There's, mis- there's right. Midwest so, time zone. There's the Mountain time zone. And Pacific. So Eastern time zone would... Right. Eastern time zone, we get a tax break. The rest of the country pays taxes and then so on and so forth. Central Mountain and Pacific. Per month. Okay. Per month. Yeah. Right. It, it's a fascinating idea. It's, <laughs> look, it's unconventional, but it can't work any worse than what's currently happening. That's exactly. You know, and John, thank you for the kind words and certainly for the phone call as well. Um, so I was talking to Mike Parsons. Um, I am a high school graduate from Livonia Stevenson. Go Terps. Uh, I don't know what they are. Spartans. Okay. Uh, 1988. Class of 1988. I, w- I even, uh, Mike Parsons, I, I went back and, and gave the commencement speech one year, which was really, really funny because I probably would have been the least likely to give the commencement speech and voted as such, but, but it was an honor to be asked to come back and give the, the commencement speech. And um, did, you go, uh, did you go inspirational or brutal honesty? Brutal honesty. Good. That's how I would. Brutal honesty. That's how, how I would be. How long was it? I would say about 20 minutes. Okay. About 20 minutes. They gave them a, do you know what you know I told them? Be happy. That was, that was my message. Yeah. Be happy. Like, they, everybody wastes too much time chasing things that they can't get. Do right. some, find something that makes you happy and make a living out of it. That was, so, that oh. was the, the message. So, with that being said... When I graduated in 1988, yes, I'm old. I'm 52. School went... I think I was starting kindergarten then. That's awesome. You want to talk about my white beard? Where, where do you want to go with that? I think you look great. I walk with a limp. Where, where do you want to go with that? I was that? negative five years old. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Owen, oh, you want to jump in? Nobody... Had... Owen's dad wasn't born yet. <laughs> okay. Woo, that was only a few great. years after uh, Abraham Lincoln gave the Gettysburg yeah, it Address. Was, it was incredible. Yes. So, um, but the last day of school for seniors was the last day of school. And I, I still remember to this mm-hmm. date, it was June 22nd. Was Oof. our Yeah, we went late that Oof. year. June 22nd, we took our last finals. 
And then we had our graduation at the football field that night, right? Tremendous night. It was like 100 degrees, all that stuff. Like today. Oh, it's more than 100 in this studio yeah. right now. It is. I'm, I'm convinced if I was like a, a pork butt, I'd be at about 195 right now. I, I just got to get to 203 to take me out of the smoker. We'd, we'd be even more succulent and juicy than we, we already That's are. Good point. But what I noticed, my, my, so my son graduated from high school, Northville High School, in 2017. My daughter will graduate this Sunday. Congratulations to the class of 2023. Are people aware that kids, like seniors, don't go to school till the end of the year? When did that start? I mean, I, I graduated in 2023, and we got out a, a couple weeks earlier. 2003? What'd I say? 2023. Oh, yeah. You just graduated. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. It's awesome. Yeah, I got a, I, I, and I ascended uh, to co-host with Sean Belize and really got, yeah, 2003. So I've been, I've been out for 20 years and we got out two weeks early. And, and I think it's probably because the senioritis is really bad. And, and oh, real, real. what, what would the seniors get out of those last two weeks? Yeah. Uh, if they were forced to um, stay until the very last day. It is, it is literally three weeks yeah. that, that they're just done. And they had prom after they were done with school. They had the senior, you know, various senior trips. Yeah. And now they, they graduate, as I mentioned, this this Sunday. But, like, honestly, so in 2003, the kids were still doing that, right? Um, You 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 got out, you said, three weeks early? Two or three weeks early, Because I was yeah. trying to figure out when that started and well, how that works with the curriculum. I mean, I started high school in 99, and that's, uh, it, it, it was like that, it was like that uh, all throughout my high school career. So, I mean, it was kind of nice those last two weeks because now as a freshman, you're a sophomore. And if you're a junior, now you rule the school. And uh, it, it, it also kind of made me wonder, okay, well, why do the other three class classes have to go this long? If, if the seniors can get out three weeks early, why do, the, why do the rest of us have to go? Thank you. Yeah. And I've been joking with my daughter every day. Like, she, she's, you know, lounging around the house today. And I go, get in school. <laughs> go get what, are you, s- what are you doing? Go get I'm, some extra credit. I'm going to show my age. I'm going to call the truant officer <laughs> and, and, like, report you, right? He'll get you. But, I like, how does that work with the, the curriculum? I, I'm... I don't know because I, I mean kids are supposed to have like a certain amount of hours in the. That's it, what I always in, thought. So I don't know. No, but this is an interesting time for a lot of. It's an interesting time for somebody like uh, Blake, who is, by the way, about to get married. I think it's been talked about, and yes. that's coming up. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Um, Little boys growing up for for people like me, uh, and there's such a different dynamic. I don't care what anybody says. My son is like my boy, right? right? That's, that's my boy, all that. Punch him in the arm. My daughter's like my little girl, and it's like, no, right. you're not graduating. You're not going to prom, and there's no way in Hades you're going off to Michigan State in the fall where you have to fend off people like <laughs> Owen. Yep. That's just, oh, boy. And he's even going, oh, boy. Yeah. I just like, no, <laughs> no, a thousand times no. You know what? I would send her with the pepper spray just to be safe. You should. That's, everyone had all the girls have pepper spray. Thank you, Owen. I, I appreciate your honesty there. But no, you know, wanted, wanted to get your thoughts on that. That was something Mike and I were, were, were kind of talking about it. 800-859-0WJR. And maybe there's somebody in the... Um, the the educational world that can explain that. How do you do that where the seniors basically get three more weeks off? Well, well it, it, I'm well, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, I just wanted to say because think about it, Michigan State starts uh, like 
three weeks into August. Oh. So they're trying to even it out with college and everything like that. That's an interesting point. Like, you would get out, like my other brother who's entering high school, he doesn't start till September. Okay. But we start at Michigan State in August. Hmm. So... We start a couple of weeks earlier, so the the high school seniors are going to get out a couple of weeks earlier. It's kind of that. That makes sense. There. That's good logic. I think yeah. o- I think Owen just say, answered our question. I think that's moving good. Moving on. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, <laughs> well, right. You, you know it's you know it's amazing, Sean. Uh, you know I mentioned last segment we have no kids, but but you know we we have a niece we're 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 very close to, and uh, you know she she's gotten into to tennis, and we we you know we go to all the meets and stuff. Remember when you were in high school and it felt like it would never end? Oh. And then you watch the kids in your life, and, and it seems like, uh, you know, you sneeze, and now they're seniors. It's amazing. It, it is. I, it, we'll get your thoughts on that, and I, piggyback on that. I, I, I got to tell you, the conversation I had with my daughter was very similar to that. 760 WJR. Hey, folks, I want to tell you about a great opportunity for you to clear out that bicycle that has been in your shed or in your garage or in your basement and do something good for others. We're going to be collecting bicycles once again for our My Cycle program through Say Detroit, which takes used bicycles that need a bit of TLC and gives them to kids and adults in our community after we fix them up. People who are in need of transportation for all sorts of activities, school, work, grocery shopping, access to activities simply for exercise. The event takes place Saturday, June 3rd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Somerset Collection, north side on Big Beaver Road in Troy. Here's what you do. You bring your bicycle to the valet parking location in the back behind the north side building, ground level, where the parking deck is located. There's a valet parking spot there. There'll be someone to collect the bike from you right there. That's simple. And then you can go shopping at Somerset. Check your garages, your sheds, your basements for any bicycles in decent condition, not being used. We can put it to good use. We recondition them, make them like new, give them a beautiful paint color that tells everybody they're part of the My Cycle program in, say, Detroit, and give them to people most in need in our community. No tricycles, please. Again, June 3rd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Somerset Collection on the north side in the valet parking location behind the building. Think of all the good you'll be doing just by donating used bicycles. We appreciate your help. Saturday, June 3rd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. I think I think that meant to say Belegian Parsons. Yeah, I think that's it. You wrong button, Bla- that. That is wrong button, Blake. Listen, you brought up a point, and I want to ask each of you guys that are here and anybody else out there at 800-8590-WJR. Um, so when my son graduated in 2017, we were like the young parents for mm-hmm. his class. When my daughter graduates this Sunday – we're on the older side of this class. Mm-hmm. We, we are. It's, it's amazing how that works itself out. And one of the things that people told me before he graduated was, okay, take a deep breath because the senior year is going to fly by. Mm-hmm. And, and truer words were never spoken. And, and then I applied that to, like, my life. And, Owen, oh, you're not that far removed from graduating from, from Plymouth High School, if I'm not mistaken, once that was said to me, I was like, I don't know about you guys. It was like the last two months in particular, it was over. 
Well, like, and also because and it's, three, I, it's three mind, weeks shorter, too. Well, for you sons of yeah. guns. <laughs> I had to go to mid-June, damn it. Well, and f- for me, I graduated, I guess, well, I got a school at Mar- in March because of the pandemic, so you didn't really realize oh, everything yeah. that happened. Like, it's going by so quick, and then all of a sudden, pandemic hits, and it's all over. So, so let me, like, let me, you got to appreciate it in the moment. Let me ask you, Owen. So, yeah, so you you guys were out in March, and you never you never came back, yeah. right? Do you feel do you feel slighted? Like, do you feel like you no. wish you could go? No, no. Be, See, that's how I would have felt at, too because first, I hated going maybe, to school. Yeah, at first maybe where it was like I, I wanted to go to prom and all that stuff, and I had because I played baseball, so our senior year got canceled and everything like that. So that kind of sucked. But, like, now it's like we're in college, nobody really cares. Well, and you know what? That's a good point because, Sean, you and I were talking about it. You know, you said that you liked high school. I, 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 I thought high school was fine. But once you're done with it, it's like, yeah. especially if you're two or three years out of it, I, I, I don't think I ever missed high school. And if I did, it was very, it, 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 it was for a very short amount of time. I, college is just so much I love like I'm not joking I loved my time at Livonia Stevenson it was awesome but I was one of those people like the day that I graduated it was over I, I have no other it was just time to move on it was and it's funny because I'm already seeing that out of my daughter right. even though she's been out of school for like a week I said I said Lauren do you miss it at all and she goes yeah I miss it like crazy but it's over like I'm ready to go to Michigan State. I'm ready to get on with my life. Well, and that's the way I was. It was just it was good. And people are like, "Oh, dude, what's up? What, what's wrong with you?" And I was like, "I had a blast. I right. loved it. I well, wouldn't change anything, but it it was over." Do you guys talk to anybody that you went to high school with still? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, Facebook has made that much easier. And I was telling Sean, um, you know, a, a couple of my really good friends, we kind of reconnected, but uh, like on Facebook and stuff. Kids from my high school, I talk to more kids now from high school that I didn't talk to back in high school than, than you know, people I was friends with. And when you get to be my age, as you guys like to poke fun at my age and everything. You guys all meet up at funerals. Blake, it, 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 <laughs> it gets, dark. listen, it gets, I would say the last five years, I've made more of an effort to kind of reconnect with those that, like, you don't know what happened. You just, yeah. you know, you went a different direction in life. And I've made more of an effort in the last five years and kind of reconnected with a lot of people that were really good friends at one point in time. You know, there are some people you wipe your hands clean. Yeah. I think that can be said for everybody. But that was my whole graduating class, though. For real? Yeah, I don't well, talk to a single person I graduated. No kidding. Wow. And, yeah. and for me, I guess, well, because I, w- I went to PSAP, the Pumpkin Salem. So there's a lot of kids that go to Michigan State now. If you see them out at the bars and stuff like that, and, like, they want to talk about high school, but, like, Ugh. at the same time, it's Who like... Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So it's like you really don't want to see them at the same time. You want to meet new people is the thing. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. But, you know, you know what was always really awkward to me is when you would run into them, like, out at the mall on break or something, yeah. and they say, we should hang out sometime. No. Why? We yeah. never did before. <laughs> you say, no, yeah, it's but never really going to happen. It. That yeah. was the biggest farce. Right. Hey, man, let's grab a beer. And it's never going to happen. <laughs> you know it. I know it. Why are we even talking right. that yeah. way? I'm glad you're still alive. I <laughs> wish you the best. Now uh, get away from me. It's a great ender to a conversation, though. Yeah. Yeah. And you always say, yeah, you guys laugh. And then All right, bro, I'll like, hit you no, up. Yeah. Okay. Like, you, you've never yeah. had that conversation because you don't talk to anybody from your high school. That's 100% true. It's because I you just... were a bully? No. No. Did you get bullied? <laughs> no. 
Let's psychoanalyze Blake the whole 6 o'clock hour. Yeah, please. Enough with the old jokes. Uh, coming I'm sorry. Up after 6 o'clock, are the conditions right for a third party? I think more and more conversation is uh, going in that direction. And I have an old man thought for you youngins out there, okay? Stick with us. 760 WJR. All right. To, to nobody's surprise, Sean. Uh, a whole gaggle of Republicans have jumped into the primary. And uh, I think uh, I'm feeling like a lot of people are feeling. Um, on either side, there's, there's, there's really no major candidates that, uh, that I'm super excited about uh, voting for. And um, it seems like, you know, the past couple months, there's been a, a ton of columns about uh, a third party. Uh, Nolan Finley wrote about it uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, his, uh, I wouldn't say rival, but, uh, John Lidstrom from the free press, he wrote a a column today about, uh, needing a third party. And we're going to get into that, um, coming up at six Oh five. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, for some reason, all the polling shows that, uh, nobody wants another Biden versus Trump rematch, but, it's what we're going to get. And, and why does it keep happening? It is, it is fascinating to me because I, while the idea of a third party intrigues me, mm-hmm. because I'm one of those people, I don't like the idea of plugging my nose and voting for one person or the other. I can tell you definitively, and I know a lot of people get ticked off when I say this, but I have no problem with it. There were two times I refused to vote because I could not, in a good conscience, vote for either candidate. And that's fair. And if you ask me who it was, I'm not going to tell you. But, like, honestly, so the I, I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. But there are so many problems that come along with it. I don't think it's a, the way to go, but I do have a solution I think might work better. We'll be back. From the heart of the Motor City, it's the Mitch Album Show with Mitch Album and Ken Brown. Sitting in for Mitch, Mike Parsons, and Sean Belegian. 6.06 on a Wednesday night. Glad you could join us. Uh, Mike, as you were saying uh, before the break, um, is the temperature right in, in this country now to have a legitimate third party? Uh, I have said this for years now. I, I, am, I am old, but I'm not old enough to remember the divide mm-hmm. in this country in the Vietnam War era. Right. I only know what 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 I've been told and what I've watched on documentaries and everything to say that our our country is more divided in the last five years than at any point in my lifetime is a gross understatement. Yeah. And you're right. You can only go by your lifetime because there have been times we have been more divided, but we we haven't had firsthand experience of it. And, uh, you know, over uh, today. We had a couple of very underwhelming presidential candidacy announcements. Uh, Chris Christie got in. Mike Pence got in. Ron DeSantis finally officially declared, even though he had been kind of sort of like shadow campaigning for for a while. And uh, both he and President, uh, former President Trump are in Iowa right now. And they're both trading barbs back and forth. Um, Donald Trump is... Now saying that uh, New York had a better COVID response than Florida, even though he spent, you know, the the, the whole beginning of the uh, pandemic praising Florida. Ron DeSantis is saying that Donald Trump has moved left. And I am just I'm just exhausted by it already. And you look at the three, the three 
big candidates who are probably going to be running for president. And I know we're a news talk station and I'm supposed to be excited about one of these guys. I'm just not. You know, Donald Trump has proven that he's willing to burn the whole thing down to stay in power. You got uh, Ron DeSantis focusing on stuff that's not important, like like feuding with Disney. And, and you know, Joe Biden, not to be unkind, but it's it's taken a toll on him. And, and you wonder, you know, if, if this job's even uh, good for his health and if he's going to um, make it through a second term, not to be grim. Uh, so I, I think I, I feel like the majority of Americans that the, the top three candidates are all very underwhelming. And uh, you, you mentioned the divide within the Republican Party early last uh, last hour, Sean. And so there's been and, and Nolan Finley has talked about this. Um, there is a uh, column by John Lidstrom in the free press today um, talking about how the, the mood might be right for a major third party candidate. Um, uh, Michigan Republicans, they're trying to launch their own, um, moderate Republicans are, are looking to launch their own party called the common sense party. Um, there's a national label, no labels group that, um, has raised 70 million for a candidate to be named later. So it seems to be gaining steam, but I still feel like one third party candidate is not going to make a lot of headway. All they're going to do is play spoiler. Kind of like Ross Perot did um, for uh, HW back 92. in 92. Yep. And I, I understand the appetite for a third-party candidate, but I don't think that goes far enough. I think you ne- either need a third, fourth, or fifth-party candidate or something like ranked voting, which is a very controversial and, um, and unproven uh, response. But I always feel like I, I, I'm more certain of who I don't want to vote for than I am who I actually do want to vote for. Well, and it's interesting. I'd love to get your thoughts on this at 800-859-0WJR, uh, 1-800-859-0WJR. Um, what is the temperature for this field for you? You know, is, is this something that you're uh, feeling good about? You know, I, it just as we're talking about this, they just had, um, you know, a a thing on Fox News, which is on in our studio, that said percentage of people who would be favorable to vote for each candidate. And uh, for the former president, Donald Trump, it was at about 77%. I believe it quickly went off the screen, so don't quote me here, but it was in the 70s for Ron DeSantis as well. The problem that I have with a third party, Mike, is... What exactly is going to be your platform? Because right. we're at such a divisive point right now where the, the trenches are dug so deep that that what is the definition of a moderate anymore? Right. Your definition of a moderate and Blake's defer- definition of a moderate could be entirely two different things. And then you throw in mine or Owen's and, and then you really have a conundrum. So th- I think that's part of the issue. Well, what is your what is your platform going to be? Uh, well, we're going to be moderate. Moderate meaning what? Right, right. And and and, and you know, I mean, uh, are you just going to be opening the door for the the opposing party? Because you know, a lot of these third party candidates, Sean, they're third party candidates because you know they're they were too radical. They're too radical for the original parties. So I I, I th- you know for some reason we've been stuck in this two party system for 
centuries. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it almost ensures itself against the third-party system because all, all third-party candidates seem to do is play spoiler. So I think you need a viable third, fourth, and fifth party. And until then, the third, uh, a three-party system, I think, is just, it's just not going to work. And so much of it has to do with money as well. And, you know, it, it's funny because there, there are more people like me out there, uh, and, and I think you all know the routine, um, there are people out there that want to shame people like me, and I, I couldn't give two craps, to be honest with you, uh, because I, I've I've admitted it before. I'll admit it. There have been times that I didn't vote. There there have been two different times, and again, I'm not going to mention it, but I, I the idea of going in and plugging my nose yeah. and voting for one of the two candidates that were on the ballot was just disgusting to me. So I chose not to do it. Well, and you know, I, I mean, for people who, who actually are informed to do their due diligence as 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 you have done, uh, not being able to vote in good conscience for everyone, I do understand it. I happen to be a nose holder because I feel like really the, 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 the small amount of power that we have in this democracy is that two to four years, every two to four years where they have to, kiss our butts and make us promises for, for three, for three months. So I don't want to give that up, but I, I, I completely understand if, if there's elections that I can't vote for either one of these bozos. So I'm just going to sit it out. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think though, for a multiple party system to be successful, we would have to ditch the electoral college too. Um, more likely than not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it's it's an interesting it's that's an interesting proposition you know and uh, you know I'm intrigued to hear what the people think out there with everything that's gone on I don't care who you support I I really it 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 doesn't it doesn't matter to me or anything like that I just know there are a lot of people and just looking at the Republican Party in particular right now mm-hmm. and I'll say what I said last hour I think Nolan Finley has been spot on about the state of the Republican Party for a lot longer than anybody wants to admit. Um, I'm intrigued to hear what people think. Is, is, is the timing right? Is, is the temperature, the, the, the climate in our, our current political landscape right where you might actually see an H. Ross Perot not just put a scare into it, but, but make a legitimate run? 800 800- Eight five nine zero WJR. So I think to, to Blake's question, which which was a very good question, I had to sit and think about it for a second. Um, I think the electoral college system would still work. However, um, I think that uh, it, it would it, it would slow things down even more. So, which you know that might just be the price to pay for democracy. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe there'd be runoffs because. You know, one of them doesn't hit the was a 260-point threshold. Um, so that's a great question, Blake. And I guess we haven't had to address it because there really hasn't been a viable third-party candidate um, in its lifespan. Love to get your thoughts on this. Not only what do, what do you think of, you know, everybody that's out there right now, that's one. And two, could a third party actually make a run? 800-859-0WJR. Glad you could join us on a Wednesday night, 760-WJR. Hi, folks. Mitch Album reminding you Tuesday, June 27th is Eat Detroit, a one-of-a-kind event that showcases our city's diverse culinary scene with a chance to help others in the process. One wristband. 
gets you 25 participating restaurants, our largest lineup ever in downtown, midtown, and Corktown. Buses and maps get you all around. You've got four hours to get to as many restaurants as possible. Everyone offers a tasting menu of three specialty dishes and a signature alcoholic drink. You eat and drink to your heart's content. Move on to the next restaurant. Some restaurants even have live music. There's a VIP experience, including an opening reception at Mad Nice and an afterglow dessert extravaganza at the Whitney. For info and to purchase tickets, you go to eatdetroit.info on the web. General admission tickets, 150. VIP tickets, 275. All the proceeds go to help the needy through, say, Detroit. This year's participating restaurants. Get ready. Cork and Gable, Ima Isakawa, Jolly Pumpkin, La Faria, La Lanterna, Leela, Lumen Detroit, Moots Pizzeria and Bar Park, San Morello, Second Best, She-Wolf, Slow's Barbecue, Super Guile, Takao, The Whitney, Vincenti's, and our first time joining restaurants, some huge ones, Bar Pigal, Mad Nice, Mercury Burger Bar, Pow Detroit, Savannah Blue, and the Statler. Thanks to our great sponsors, the Artichoke Garlic Foundation, Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health, Moran and Company, Skinny Butcher, Flex and Gate, Huntington Bank, and Cynthia and Edsel Ford. EatDetroit.info. We will see you there Tuesday, June 20th. Welcome back in 617 on a Wednesday night. Uh, is the temperature right for a third-party system? Could it work? There are certainly, let's let's make no bones about this, there are far more cons than pros to this conversation. Right, at this point. No doubt about it, but... You got to start somewhere. I wanted, you know, I, Mike, I think, it's, I think it's a good question that you bring up. Are, are people perhaps more open to it now than they have been in years gone by? Yeah, we got a couple of texts on this. We're also taking your phone calls, 800-859-0957. Vinny in Waterford says, hi, Mike and Sean. Trump burned down the whole whole thing to remain in power. What does that mean? He's capped it four years, but the whole thing does need burning down. And, and Sean, when I say that, I'm not even talking about January 6th. I'm talking about the the doubt that Donald Trump was throwing on the election the July before the election and just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at our uh, trust in the, the, the election system. I, I happen to find that very damaging, especially investigation after investigation, court case after court case. The majority of people in his party and, and his allies have come around and said, said there, there wasn't any, uh, there, there wasn't any more chicanery going on in the, um, uh, uh, 2020 election uh, than there was in any other election. So that's what I mean. Does the whole thing need to be burned down? I don't know, Sean, me, I, I personally would prefer reform more so than burning the whole thing down into chaos. Yeah, no doubt about that. You said there was another one before we get to the call? Yeah, I got two more. I got one from the 586. When, a, when you have a two-party system, you will always have partisan crap. That is good for people. That's good for party, not people. And Margaret from Troy says, I'm okay with extra parties as long as we can check the extremists from both sides to those extra parties. Let's keep the moderate people, the sensible people in the existing Republican and Democrat parties. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Uh, numbers is always 800-859-0WJR. Let's go to Battle Creek. Uh, that's where George is listening in. Uh, George, thanks for your patience. You're on 760 WJR. I uh, think we need a third party. Uh, I don't believe it can work, though, because I look back when parole ran, I was for a parole voter. But you've got to have the money behind it, and probably there's nobody willing to contribute enough. That's the biggest, th- absolutely, positively. Even H. Ross Perot with his uh, quadrillions. Right. That's the word of the day. 
Um, that that was it just wasn't going to work. It just was not going to work. And George, as I said to me, there are a hundred more cons than there are pros to this, but I think more people are open to it than they have been in years gone by. Yeah, and I think so. And I don't know why our candidates seem to be getting worse and worse. But, uh, you know, uh, George, to your point about money, I mean, uh, this uh, this group, the No Labels group that Nolan Finley wrote about a couple weeks ago, they've raised $70 million, which seems like a lot of money. But when it comes to politics and running a campaign, it's, it's not really that much. Thanks for the call, George. Appreciate it greatly. Let's go to New Boston. That's where we find Doug. Doug, thanks for your patience. You're on 760 WJR. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for taking the call. I just say that uh, I was a big pro supporter, too, and it's just a big waste of time. That gave us the Clintons for eight years, and it doesn't make any difference. And as far as common sense changes, to me, that if you agree with the person's view, well, then it's common sense. If you don't agree, well, then they're extreme. And I think that's just <laughs> how that perspective works. There's no Two ways about that. I think that's such a legitimate point. Absolutely, hey, Doug. Thank you. Hey, Doug, let me ask you. As someone who, who you know, voted third party, what if there were was a four-party system? That way, each side kind of had their own alternative, and one side wouldn't be poaching votes from people who align more, more with them. Uh, you really get in the weeds on that. I know. I'm not really sure with the four party. I don't even think a three party can work anymore. I'll never I know. Third you know what? I'm well, dr- I'm dreaming, Doug. I'm it, dreaming. It, it, to that point, yeah. thanks for the phone call, Doug. Listen, point blank, I'll tell you, I, there are a lot of things about the Libertarian Party I like. A lot. And, and I mean, when I say a lot, let me say for emphasis, a lot. However, and you knew the however was coming. But, Mike, as you, touched on, as you touched on earlier, however, there are also some way whacked out people right with with some really strange platforms that have generally turned me off to leaning more in that direction if that makes sense right like i like the overall libertarian platform of of hands off a hands off government but i also don't like you know the thought of uh having to uh, pay the fire department if I need to use them instead of my tax money going. So, so yeah, I see what you're saying, and and there's no perfect platform. But what seems to happen are the are, are the people um, who might might identify with the party your party that turns you off. Those are the people who seem to rise to power, and and they run with that platform. And and you're not alone, Sean. I know a lot of people who've been turned off. Um, you know, in in the Libertarian Party uh, in past years. Uh, 800-859-0WJR. Blake, do we have time to take one more? Cool. Let's go to Jackson. That's where we find Bob. Bob, thanks for your patience. You're on 760 WJR. I don't know. I think um, a third party, only the way it would work would be at the very end. Um, two people, two different people would be able to run for president, not three. So the third party person would come in and then a decision would be made. Do you like this person and a Democrat or this person and a Republican? And then only two can actually run off for the president. Huh. The the other thing is I have is you talked about the election, how Trump kind of uh, destroyed the uh, people's perspective on the election. I think when you start having uh, you can vote uh, and we don't have to count the ballots for a three weeks after, and the fact that anybody who has a driver's license, whether a U.S. citizen or not, can vote, and they're wanting... When you start going into the weeds that deep, it's 
I don't trust the election. I mean, look at Kwame Kilpatrick and Dennis Archer. It's, Kwame Kilpatrick and Dennis Archer had more people voting than there were people in Detroit. Well, and and, fraud- and and a lot of that was was sloppy bookkeeping by the clerks as well. Uh, I, I'm not saying that there there aren't things that we can uh, improve, Bob. But uh, like I said, I, I feel like Donald Trump w- w- he was sowing doubt before he even lost the election. I think this is a both things can be true situation. I I do have faith in the overall process. But to Bob's point, the biggest issue that I have, 30 years ago, when technology was far less than what it is, we knew who won an election the next day. That's true. And I, I, I for, the life of night, me, yeah. for the life of me, I can't figure out why it takes so long now. I, I wish somebody could make sense of that, but that's where we are. 760 WJR. So I mentioned, I, I wanted to make you guys um, feel young again. That's what old people do. Uh, when I was growing up, it's, it's, I don't know if you guys know this, it's hot today. And it's 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 nearing 200 degrees in the studio. Spoiler alert. But in driving down to work today, okay, when I was younger, we didn't have air conditioning cars. And so we always had the windows open. Mm-hmm. And then when we got the air conditioning cars, I, like for years, I never drove with my window down. I have an F-150 now. I, I'll never own another vehicle. That's how much I love the F-150. But I... Not only roll down the windows, but there's this back window that, that you can open up. And this crosswind that goes through there, there's absolutely no reason for me to turn on my air conditioning in the car anymore. It's like a modified sunroof or something. So that's a, that's a question that I have for people. It, it, air conditioning in the car, yay or nay? We'll get your thoughts on that. 760 WJR. This is Mitch Album with Ken Brown on 760 WJR, where Michigan comes to talk. Sitting in for Mitch, Mike Parsons and Sean Belegian. 635 Wednesday night. All right, so it's warm. Good. We got that out of the way. I, You know what? Seriously, can I bring this up? There's nothing worse than the idiot on the radio that tells you what the weather's like. Right. You already know what right. the weather's like. Just poke your head out the window. Like, knock it off. I am getting the vapors, though. Tom in Windsor has such a – Tom, hang on the line for me because you have such a legitimate point. You caught me. I'm guilty. Uh, there's no other way to say it. I'm going to let you bring it up. But as I was driving in today, and I this actually came up over the weekend, so I had a few old buddies came in. We we play cards all weekend. We go see a Tiger game in the middle of the thing, and one of my buddies, we jump in the truck. He's like, dude, turn on the air. I mm-hmm. go, I'm going to turn on the air for about two minutes, okay? I get it. But once, once we're, like, out on the main road, like, once we're out on Beck, like, I'm rolling down the windows. And he was like, what is this, 1987? And I go, listen, smartass. <laughs> I, I go, have you ever driven in, a, in an F-150? He's like, no. I go, I'm going to open up the windows and open up that back window, and you are not going to believe this incredible. And, Blake, you are shaking your head, so you must be familiar with it. Yes. This wind tunnel that that permeates your entire vehicle I don't ever need to turn on the air. I don't. I don't ever need to do it. So you you've experienced. That. Yes. The 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 back window of the truck being open. It's a game changer. It a thousand is thousand percent unbelievable. And trust me, when I'm at home, I'm AC guy all day. My AC right. will be on through probably late September. Yeah, it's I've had nice. I've had my AC on um, since it was hot in in, in April. And if my if my house gets above seventy degrees, I'm turning the AC on. Uh, but yeah, in the car, in the car, there's just something better about having the the windows. Like I feel like I'm experiencing summer more when the windows are down. Now, if I'm driving with my wife, 
happy wife, happy life. She wants the air on. Yes, dear. But if I'm driving by myself, um, I don't like the way my, my car feels like, like driving wise when I, when I have the AC on. It's almost like you lose power, and then when you turn the AC off, it's almost like hitting rocket boosters. And I'll tell you what, for anybody out there who has an electric vehicle, and we have one, when you're using your heat and your air, you best be prepared to charge that baby up a lot more. I'll leave it at that. Tom in Windsor is 1,000% on, and and quite frankly, Tom, I, I feel as though you're narking on me, but that's okay. You're making a great point here, Tom. Lovely Windsor chiming in at 800-859-0WJR. How are you, Tom? Oh, good, thanks. And, yeah, like you said, it's, uh, you're driving around F50. It's, you know, you're, you're, it feels like a wind tunnel in there. But not only that, it sounds like a wind tunnel. It's like you're trying to listen to the radio in a hurricane. <laughs> and you just, you, you, you know, you, you would never be able to hear the good, the good people on WJR with the windows down because it's just too damn loud in the car. It's, you, are, uh, you know, you got to. You are absolutely right. That's true. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, guilty as charged. I, it, you are absolutely right, Tom. It's it my boss is going to fire me now. <laughs> what? You're not listening? Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it, man. It, you know, it doesn't matter how 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 good you and I, you know, how good of a show you and I have. Nobody's tur- rolling the windows down and blasting us. No. Yeah. It's it's not, it, and it's interesting because when I pulled out of my neighborhood today, that was the exact same dynamic. I was. I was listening in the afternoon, and then once I like once I hit back, then it was like, well, you kind of hear it. You turn mm-hmm. it up a little, but then once you hit the freeway, forget it. You're, you're not you're not hearing a darn thing. Right? But it was just it's too darn hot. Yeah. Well, and you know you should you should listen to us with the windows up because you don't want to miss a single thing we say. See, you guys, I'm telling you, I grew up in an era where the the whole idea of I'm showing my age, central air. We used to have, like, a, an air conditioning that you would put, like, in the window, right? That would The window rattler. Yeah, that would chill, like, just that part of the house, right? And then, oh, my gosh, when my dad put in the second air conditioner. Mm-hmm. So we had one in the kitchen and one in the back room. And it would, it would chill, like, like, just a slice of the house. There's no other way to say it. Well, you know, uh, my family got air conditioning probably when I was, like, in third or fourth grade. And I was I was telling uh, you know Rich and the crew around here earlier. I said, th- uh, you know, the air conditioning is, is, is broken in here. And I said, this reminds me of like the air conditionless summers of my youth. No. It's kind of it's kind of nostalgic in the worst way. Misery, yeah. misery. I don't have central air Oof, at home, boy. so I spent my day today cleaning my window units to get them ready to put in tomorrow. How many window units? Two. Okay. I got a 10,000 BTU and a 5,000 BTU. So how how well does it does it cool the house? How would you... Like for, half of the house will be cool. See, for, for us in, in our little house in Livonia, it was about a quarter. Mm-hmm. It, it was about a quarter. It, it, maybe yeah. a quarter of the house was cool. And I, I'm not fan guy. I don't know about you no, guys. No, I need, I need a fan even in the dead of winter. See, I'm, I'm just not fan guy. And when, when you talk about that, like growing up, my kids will never know... What it's like. Thank the good Lord we've had central air in the in the houses that they grew up with. My kids will never know what it's like to lay down at night and be absolutely miserable. Right. Or you have to go sleep in the scary basement if it's not finished. My, I looked when you guys were teasing this. My house right now is 78 degrees. Yeah. I, I would I would melt. I'm such a wuss. Yeah. We actually got a couple texts on this, Sean. All right. Uh, 586 says, I haven't used AC in a car in over 35 years. 
Not necessary for most people, and it isn't smart money to use. AC wastes and puts a lot of stress on the engine unless you have health issues where it's uniquely necessary. And uh, someone else from the 5 at 6 says, I'm an AC guy, but it's only because I have allergies, and if I have my windows down, I can't breathe within five minutes. Same at home. I wish I could just leave my windows open in my house, but if I do, my allergies pick in big time. Kicking big time. No, I respect that. Yeah. My, my son, believe it or not, is allergic to grass. And when we cut the grass, we have to make sure that every window in the house yeah. is closed because, I mean, bright red. I mean, the eyes the eyes start to bulge out and bright red all over the place. So I can respect that. Sure, he's not just high. <laughs> he might be. Okay. <laughs> Did he become allergic to grass after he went to Michigan State? Yeah, it's a good one. Well, he was at DePaul, so, oh. yeah, that was uh, – no, that's that's amazing how that works. No, but it's it's funny. Like, for, for me, I, the guy said he hasn't done it for 35 years. I would say there was probably a 20-year span yeah. where it was like, no, I'm using this. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Now, now that I have it, I'm using it. But then once I got the F-150, I, it's just, it's not necessary anymore. Well, and it's, I mean, there's, there's, we have such a short window to actually, of, of driving around with the windows down weather. Sure. That, you know, there's something exciting about being able to do it for three months out of the year. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, listen, Mike, one thing that you were looking at, uh, I, my buddies and I growing up, we were huge, huge Terminator fans like the original Terminator and then Terminator 2 like you guys are too young it was such a big movie when it came no, out. no I, I I rented that when I was like in first grade and it was awesome oh unbelievable but I think there are a lot of people out there that are sitting back right now going listen Sarah Connor was right right John Connor was right James Cameron tried to warn us that Cyberdyne bad so uh Cyberdyne uh, Skynet, I think, in the mm-hmm, second one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to read this first paragraph from the USA Today. Hundreds of scientists, tech industry execs, and public figures, including leaders of Google, Microsoft, and ChatGPT, are sounding the alarm about artificial intelligence, AI, writing in a new public statement that fast-evolving AI technology could create as high risk of killing off humankind as nuclear war and COVID-19 like pandemics. And uh, they put together a one sentence statement says mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear wars. And people who've uh, signed this um, was uh, Jeffrey Hinton, the godfather of AI who actually quit his job at Google so that he could speak out about his concerns uh, um, with AI without being fired. And Sam Altman, you remember, you may remember him from a few weeks ago. He's the CEO of OpenAI, which um, they, they're the parent company of ChatGPT. He testified in Congress asking them to regulate his industry. And Sean, I'm glad, I'm glad that, you know, all these AI and tech luminaries are sounding the alarm, but they're also the ones who invented it. So, so what the heck? I mean, it's, it, I'm glad that, that all these people are concerned and they're working together, but like nuclear weapons, it just takes one maniac to abuse it and really do a lot of damage. 
Well, if you remember, Miles Bennett was the one guy that wanted to shut her all down in Terminator 2. He saw what he wrought. Right. And he, he realized it's time to shut this stuff down. Is that the guy who held the weight and then he dropped it and yes. it blew up? Yes. You know, as he was shot and he was he was doing the... <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, I was wondering... that movie tonight, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Well, it, get you ready for what's coming. Yeah. 800-859-0WJR. Is this AI stuff much ado about nothing? We'll get your thoughts next. Glad you could join us on a Wednesday night. He's Mike Parsons. I'm Sean Belegian. Owen and Blake here as well. 760 WJR. Yeah, so Sean, I mean... <laughs> I don't want to be a scared villager. I, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of consternation, a, <laughs> a lot of, some consternation when the internet, you know, came online. And obviously, the internet has had some drawbacks. But but overall, you know, we can't imagine our lives without it. Um, when it comes to AI, in the short term, I'm not so so necessarily afraid of like it's starting um, wars or robots enslaving human beings but i am concerned about companies who might be a little greedy with their bottom line who might be a little stingy with their workers um putting a lot of folks out of business and replacing them uh with artificial intelligence i know that ibm has said that it's looking to eliminate a lot of jobs in uh favor of ai um there's a buzzfeed they're their publication is mostly AI. So to me, in, at least in the short term, my main concern with AI is the job loss. And uh, and so far, it's, 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 it's not quite there yet. We read a story the other day about a lawyer who tried to file his paperwork using ChatGPT. And <laughs> ChatGPT just made up everything in the paper. But this stuff, it evolves exponentially faster and faster and and so it might not be there yet, but it might be there sooner than we think. Well, and I, I think the interesting thing about it, and you hear so many people talk about this, and, and for the record, I'm I'm not fearing this quite yet. Okay. I I'm actually not, do use it quite a bit. Do you really? I've I've yet to I've yet to do it. I'm gonna use it till it turns on me. I think that's a very Yeah. That, that's a that's a wise wise way to do it. But no, um the things that were there there is no emotion. There is no moral compass. There is those are the things it 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 you know sounds like it just thinks in in merely black and white. Right. And we all know the world isn't that way. And those are some of the things that make me go, okay, maybe we should slow down a little bit. Well, and and normally technology is only as smart as we program it to be. But a lot of this AI is becoming self-aware, like Skynet. And it's teaching itself code. It's teaching itself other languages. And, and that's where I get a little freaked out. It looks like Owen's trying to weigh yeah, in on no, this. Well, because for me, I well, I listen to like SoundCloud and stuff like that. And yeah. the big thing right now is AI like Drake and Lil Uzi and right. a bunch of artists. And like you can really tell sometimes with certain, like Drake if there's that emotion not there. But sometimes you really can't. And like... They're producing good music and labels are coming after the AI stuff because of that. But like I was, I still listen to it because it's actually good music. So labels are coming after it like they're they're trying to use AI or they're trying, they're trying to, to shut it down. OK, yes. Right. Because it's just replacing them in a, in a sense and everything like that. Yeah. Like like eventually, um, you know, we can use a lot of great things for AI and it can really um, benefit our lives. 
Um, but you know, if <laughs> if none of us are working because we're 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 all replaced by the AI robots, we won't be able to afford it, to partake in it. You know what's interesting? I don't know why this popped in my head, but I can't help but think back to you know around let's say around twenty years ago, mm-hmm. 18, 17, 18 years ago. Do you remember how um, satellite radio was going to be the death now of, yes. of of radio? Yep, that was it. Mm-hmm. Everybody was going to satellite. And it was funny because I felt then, the way that I, I do now, um, what satellite radio could never replicate is there are people that need to listen to Mitch album every night. Right. There are people that need to, Monday morning, they need to wake up and they want to hear what Steve Courtney or Sean Belegian, Mike Parsons, whatever, has to say about the Lions game from the day before. So I was never worried about that. Elections, local elections, right. the coverage that you're not going to get. I was never worried about that. And when you when you said what you just said, Mike, I kind of think of AI in the same regard. It's probably going to make life better in some ways, if, if, if that's possible. But it's not going to replace in mass some of the things that I think people are worried about it replacing. Right. And bottom line, the horse is out of the barn, right? It's It's here. It's not going away. It's going to continue to to evolve, and we're going to continue to integrate it into our lives. And my hope, Sean, is that 20 years from now, my worries look ridiculous because everyone's using AI, life is fine, and nobody thinks about it. But I think what we, what, what we do as human beings is, 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 we, is our imaginations run away to the worst possible scenario. And I think that's what a lot of us are doing here. Um, but again, I mean, there, there's some credibility lent to it when you have 300 execs in the tech industry saying, I'm a little concerned. Do you, do you use AI for anything? I do for certain things. Um, like I do have the chat GPT app on my phone and mostly it's just me asking it questions and seeing like what, what, what will, what it'll come up with. But, um, like it's, I use it sometimes as like a quick search engine. Like, you ask it a question, and it'll answer it. Usually, it doesn't source the material, though. So that's probably why, like, uh, you have to do your due diligence, and, and, and that lawyer in New York City who used it got, got hoodwinked. Um, and also, there's, like, uh, the, the, this chat, this software I use for, like, podcasts. You upload your audio, and then it kind of gives you timestamps where things are. Because a lot of times, like, I'll, I'll kind of forget what we've talked about on today's show. So I'll upload it to this AI service that I use, and it'll say, oh, you talked about this, this, and this, so I don't have to go back and listen to my voice again. So I am using it, and so far, so far it's, it's, it's been helpful, but I, I, feel like it's, I, I feel like it's one of those things that's, that's helpful until it's not. Maybe I should get a chat GPT. I, you know, I'd talk to it and go, how can I make a 20-pound brisket in less than 20 hours? And I, you know, it'd be interesting right. to, tell, to see what AI told me. For for Michigan State, I use this thing called Quillbot, and uh-huh. it will check my grammar and all my. It will look for mistakes and everything like that. So I'll write my paper, put it in there, and then it will check it. And it's like it it, it doesn't fail me at all. It's really good. So Owen has a lot more integrity because I would use Chat GPT oh. to write my entire paper for he'd, me. He'd, Thousand be, percent. he'd be so busy. My Chat GPT. It's a window into young Owen's soul. He's a good yeah. human. Chat GPT, go to class for me. Seven sixty. Even, even Snapchat has a yeah. a chat like chat. Yeah. You can talk on Snapchat to a 
Yeah, it, and, yeah, and it's very similar to ChatGPT. Yeah, GPT. it's so weird. 760-WDJR. All right, that'll do it for a Wednesday night. Uh, obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on what happens with this vote tonight. And, uh, Mike, I know you and I will be back to talk about it uh, tomorrow. Yeah, I can't wait to hear uh, about the next vote to take a vote. I'm on the edge of my seat. And which Republican candidate's going to throw his hat in the ring as well? Yeah, I surely th- there's another one that's going to be coming. Let's in see who right? hasn't yet. Um, let's see. Um, has Romney. Jeb Bush? Who Tom? <laughs> Mitt Romney. Oh, <laughs> Mitt Romney. Tom from no, MySpace. No thanks. Yeah. Tom from MySpace. Yeah. Owen, thank you. Hershel uh, Walker. Blake, thank you. Uh, Mike, always a pleasure. Let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I can't believe it's over already. Yeah, it flew by. Uh, thanks to those of you that uh, gave us a listen, invited us into your radios, your computers, your phones, whatever the case may be. Have yourselves a fantastic evening, 760 WJR.